No taxation without representation. 200 years of exploitation in the capital of this nation. No representation in the capital of this nation. 200 years of exploitation. Give the people their right to vote. Someone asked me, was it true? The voting rights of the district were long overdue. That was Sweet Honey in the Rock with Give the People Their Right to Vote. Hello and welcome to Shadow Politics, an hour-long grassroots talk show that will attempt to shine a light on the issues that you care about. I'm your host, United States Senator Michael D. Brown, coming to you live from the District of Columbia. America's Last Colony. I'm joined by my co-host, Maria Sanchez, and together we hope our show will start a dialogue with America about the issues that are important to you and affect the lives of all of us. So feel free to call in and be part of the conversation at 888-627-6008. We encourage you to do that, especially tonight, because we have a special guest um, and we're going to talk about statehood, which is our favorite subject. And tonight we have with us Tamara Harrison. Tamara uh, runs an organization called Iowans for D.C. Statehood, one of the many things she does. She also works with Salvation Army, and she keeps Paul Harrison out of trouble, which cannot possibly be an easy task. So welcome to the show, Tamara. Hey, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. appreciate it. Yeah, and it's actually welcome back because you've been on the show before. And Tamara and 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 I were involved in a Zoom meeting this week, but unfortunately, and we're going to play that today, but there were some technical difficulties, and that's life on the Internet, isn't it? I mean, we've had so many, I've had so many Zoom things that have gone perfectly, and then some that have just gone awry, and nobody's actually sure why. So, but the good news is now I get to have an conversation with uh, Tamara and uh, Maria's off tonight because it's Mother's Day and we want to wish all the mothers out there uh, a happy Mother's Day, especially Maria, who I hope is uh, having fun as her children uh, uh, laud attention on her and tell her how wonderful she is. So um, happy Mother's Day and and welcome Tamara. Um Let's start by just talking. Tell, tell us what you've been doing lately, Tamar. What have Iowans for D.C. statehood? Explain it to people, because I got to tell you, the first time I heard of the group, I think you probably met first with my colleague, Senator Strauss. But the first time I heard of Iowans for D.C. statehood, I said, what? What's Iowans for D.C. statehood? So tell us, what is Iowans for D.C. statehood? Well, you know, it got started um, when I had met Senator Strauss years ago um, and realized um, I I didn't know um, that D.C. wasn't represented. I I didn't understand how many people we were talking about, and I got very uh, passionate about it, and I started reaching out to people, and and over the years we've developed into a 501c3 organization. I've got some great board members. We've got a lot of great supporters. Um, and, you know, because we live in Iowa, we get a lot of attention um, uh, due to the caucuses and the first-in-the-nation status, and we get a lot of presidential candidates, we get a lot of press, 
and with that comes a, a kind of an obligation to stand up for and shine a light on on issues and subjects that are important and um you know especially right now voting rights issues uh voter suppression you know these things are are front and center and and this is the biggest example of that and so we stand up uh with our friends in dc uh for their right to self-determination for the right to become a state and we hope that that we uh inspire and will motivate, mentor other states to do the same uh, to stand with D.C. because it can't just be the folks in D.C. Um, and it's not just about the folks in D.C. This is an American issue, and, and we all need to stand up and, and take a stand and make a change. Well, you know what? Uh, let me just add a few things to that. First of all, these guys have been seriously effective. They got to every Democratic candidate who was running for president and I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, Tamara, uh, you got every Democratic presidential candidate who came through Iowa, and I think that was a gazillion of them, to agree to support D.C. statehood. Isn't that right? Yeah, there was only a handful of them that I didn't talk to in person or have a video or picture with. Um, yeah, you know, Bernie Sanders, for example, he was a tough one to catch up with for me. Um, but uh, but he still supports it. Right, um, he does. But, yeah, to, to get all the others, including, you know, our now President Joe Biden, um, to take a picture with our button and to, to say early on that, you know, he supported this and now the White House is, is standing strong behind it. So, Yeah, and you know what? I, I've been to Iowa twice for the caucuses. It's a wonderful thought. The people of Iowa got to be the nicest people on the planet. They're just, you know, they're just friendly and they love their status as first in the nation. So I know there's talk talks about ending the caucuses, but I hope they don't. Uh, and you know, and and the thing that got me most about the people in Iowa and the caucuses is they take that responsibility very seriously. They don't, you know, this isn't just like something that happens in Iowa. Iowans are really into it. They really see the responsibility that they have, I think, uh, in starting the whole process off and getting it off to a good start. And uh, I took my daughter with me this time, and and we just, you know, she was just amazed at the process. And I wanted to see it because I think it's democracy at its absolute best. The caucuses are amazing, and and we'll talk about that in a minute. Tamara knows much more about it than I do. Uh, but, uh, you know, the um, one thing that you said, Tamara, which is very true, and this is why Iowans for D.C. statehood is so important, is that once you talk to people about this issue, they really support it, don't you think? Haven't, haven't you found that out, that most of the people you talk to support the idea of D.C. residents being equal? Oh, absolutely. Definitely the majority of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's that's not only important uh, for the obvious reasons. It's also our Achilles heel, you know, that we found out uh, through um, uh, uh, research that we did, polls that were conducted in the 1990s. No, I'm sorry. In early like 2005, 2006, that 80 percent of America thinks that we have the same rights that they do. 
and and why wouldn't you? I mean, it's kind of counterintuitive, isn't it, to think that uh, we lack democracy and the nation's capital is seated democracy. So it's not only important because it it helps build support, uh, but it educates people because people really don't know about this issue, even locally. Uh, oh, so, and, and you know, yeah, one ahead. of the other one of the other arguments that I hear constantly and, and heard this a lot, um, especially at, at Ragbri, you know, because you're running into a lot of people who are not necessarily political. Um, probably the second uh, most common um, uh, misconception, if you will, when you bring up statehood is, well, why would we want to give why, why would we want to give statehood to a bunch of elected officials and lobbyists? Um, They they, they don't all understand the the number of residents of people that live in D.C., of how much of it is residential and business area um, that has nothing to do with federal government. Yeah, you know, Senator Strauss and I went to New Hampshire to uh, get them to pass a resolution and uh, in support of, of, uh, in those days, voting rights in D.C. There was a bill for voting rights. And we went up there. And we had a guy who was a, a, a senator from from New Hampshire, state legislature, le- legislator, say, uh, I used to live in Washington and nobody actually lives there. The only people that lives there live there are like military people and uh, politicians. There are no like real people in D.C. It's, and we were stunned. We were stunned that not only was this guy... On uh, an elected official, but he was a former Washingtonian, and he must have lived here for like three days or something. And 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 he didn't understand that we're teachers, doctors, nurses, cops, firemen, uh, you know, uh, restaurant workers, and you name it. Did he we're, never we're, take a cab the whole time he was there? Well, <laughs> he did, but I mean, evidently he thought that's what military people did in their time off, is they were cab drivers, <laughs> I guess, you know. That, that, that. Yeah, he really said that. And everybody looked at each other like, well, is there a punchline here or what? You know, because we really don't get it. And, and uh, uh, yeah, we straightened him out, though, let me tell you. Uh, but, yeah, there is that opinion that nobody actually lives here. And... And because, as as you just said, Tamara, people don't understand, uh, this is my latest project. I put a gigantic sign in my front yard because I'm a, uh, my house is the first house you come to when you leave Maryland and enter the District of Columbia on one of the main thoroughfares into the district, Massachusetts Avenue. So I thought, you know, rather than a welcome sign, there's a welcome sign across the street from my house. But you know what? In my front lawn, I'm going to put a disclaimer. So I put a sign, a giant sign that says, Warning, you are entering the District of Columbia, the nation's capital. Then in big letters, it says, Caution, residency may result in the loss of your basic civil rights. Then it says in bigger letters, Be advised. Revocation of your rights does not relieve your responsibility for obligations to the state for which you may be liable. Taxation without representation. And, you know, it's one of the reasons is because even people in D.C. don't fully get it. We see this as an inconvenience or as an oversight, or a, but it's not. It's a violation of our, very, our basic civil rights. And let me just tell you, 
the good news. The good news is it got played on every TV station in Washington, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox News. Uh, it's been written up. I can't tell you, Tamara, how many people are stopping in my front yard to take selfies with the, the, <laughs> the sign. And two days in a row, I'm sorry, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, three days in a row, we were the top post on a thing called Next Door. And, uh, 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 you know, a social media um, site for uh, to talk about community. And it's funny, uh-huh. it's even started a fight about the website. Some people have said, oh, you know, this isn't a place for politics. This is, you know, like dead squirrel in my driveway. What do I do? And and, and other people are writing <laughs> back saying, you know what? I'm not interested. I'm sorry your dog's lost, but I'm interested in what's going on in my community. And this is going on in my community. So it's so far, it's been a great success. And that that's half the battle, right, is is getting the message out and letting people know what's what's going on. And that was the nexus of the show. This is why this show started. So you're oh, doing yeah. Go ahead. The, the sign is fantastic, and, and the way that you did it, so it's even reflective, like a stop sign so people see mm-hmm. it even at night. And um, it, Yeah, it's we put lights even, on it. Yeah, I mean, that's, sure that's, that's our fantastic. We, we need to get yeah. something like that out here for, for RAGBRAI when we're doing the signs leading up to our, um, up to our booth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would... I would love to do that. Um, um, you know, you're in a place where they actually have billboards. We don't have billboards here in Washington. They're, they're uh, um, a violation of the building code for m- most uh, uh, in most cases because, uh, you know, it's the nation's capital and they want to keep it uncluttered, which is not a bad idea. But but yeah. there are people talking about putting get first petitioning the mayor. And then if we can't get the mayor to do it, raising money to do it ourselves, to put one of these signs at every entry point into the District of Columbia. And and the second reason for the sign, really, was to get people fired up about this, to get people in Washington fired up about it. We, we accept it like, uh, you know, what did you say? You said on the on the on the Zoom the other night that we have Stockholm Syndrome. And and I think you're right about it. I think we've just accepted it. And, you know, there are people that even defend our our, our captors, you know, just like like they do in uh, with Stockholm Syndrome. So I think that's... Well, uh, I, I, think, I think there's definitely some fatigue. And, um, you know, because, you know, bless the people of, of D.C., they've been in this fight for you know, over 200 years trying to get their rights and, you know, haven't really felt like a lot of other people had their back, um, especially in the last few decades. And, and, you know, hopefully we're going to change that. Yeah. And you know what? That's some of the feedback. I mean, I got to tell you, being I, I literally spent seven hours on the Internet yesterday just answering uh, things that people were posting on next door. So somebody would say, gee, I don't know about this. Maybe you should retrocede to Maryland. And then I would type in, you know, blah, 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 blah about retrocession. And the problem with retrocession for those people that don't know what retrocession is, it would be going back to Maryland and the, and, and 
the logic behind doing that is that the land that the District of Columbia sits on was uh, donated uh, to the federal government by the state of Maryland. And by the way, it was it was donated. It wasn't lended, you know, it wasn't loaned or or any, you know, it's not like we can just give it back. But but it was donated by Maryland and Virginia. And then um, in the 1800s, I think 1843, if I'm not mistaken, the um, um, Virginia portion of the city was given back to Virginia because a couple wealthy landowners uh, were afraid that we were going to end slavery. And they were right. We did end slavery. We were the first place in America to end slavery. And 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 uh, to this day, we celebrate that day. We call it Emancipation Day, when Abraham Lincoln uh, bought 3,100 slaves in the District of Columbia in the only compensated emancipation in world history, I think and at least in, in, in American history, and uh, set the slaves free nine months prior to the Emancipation Proclamation. So they're, they're, you know, they say there's precedent for it uh, and, and that we could do this. Unfortunately, the Constitution is very, very clear that uh, you, can't, you can't retrocede unless both parties agree to it. And Maryland has never agreed to it. Uh, I don't think they ever will agree to it. Um, the Republican. Well, no, you've got you've yeah, got go seven uh, you've got seven Congress people and both senators from the state of Maryland supporting uh, statehood for DC. Um, you know, Maryland yeah, doesn't want it. And what kind of what kind of precedent we set if the federal government can force Maryland um, to you know suck up, if you will. Washington, D.C., you know, what's to stop the federal government sometime down the line saying, you know what, North and South Dakota, you don't have enough people in each of yours. You've, you've got to you've got to go back together or well, West you know, Virginia. Sorry, no, you've got to go back to Virginia. Right. And that was the original the states argument. have no choice. Yeah, you know, and, and and that was an argument that was made in the North and South Dakota when they came into the union, you know, uh, that was an argument by the federal government that they didn't have enough people and it was negotiated. And, and of course, now we have two states. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, just before the pandemic really hit, I met with Senator, just prior to the election last year, I met on Zoom uh, with Senator Collins of Maine. Uh, I think most people consider a moderate Republican, and we, she was having a tough time in the election uh, for being, um, uh, how should we say this, uh, a protege of Donald Trump. You know, doing everything that Donald Trump wanted. Um, um, Maine uh, tends to be a somewhat liberal state on certain issues, and that's one of them. Uh, but anyway, uh, actually, there are other senators and independent and Angus King. So we, we got her on Zoom and we tried to appeal to her. We tried to tell her that this was an issue that Democrats liked. And if she wanted to get on the right side of history, she could get, get behind us. And she said, no, I think you should retrocede. But you know what? Maine used to be part of Massachusetts. So that's basically the message that we left with her. Look, look, Senator, I'm willing to fight for to go back to Maryland as soon as you fight to go back to Massachusetts. 
uh, it's, 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 it's not a viable idea. And, and you're right. We have, we have great support in the state of Maryland for statehood. Uh, we also have both senators from Virginia, uh, who support, uh, statehood for the district of Columbia. So, and, and members of Congress, uh, uh, some of them are very, uh, very, very outspoken. Uh, Jerry Connolly is one of the uh, leading spokesmen on this issue in the, in the House of Representatives. And so is Jamie Raskin, who was a guest on our show a few months ago. And you probably, uh, our listeners probably know him that he was the impeachment, um, uh, the guy that led the, the impeachment uh, hearings. Um recently and 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 uh you know has been active in many other ways so we have we have good support good regional support we have good national support we just passed a bill in uh both uh in in the house of representatives for the second time in two years and so um you know it's coming of age and but the republicans in the senate stand strong and they say it's all about getting two Democrats into the United States Senate. And you know what? It is all about getting two Democrats in the United States Senate. But it's in, it's about that for them. That's the one thing they don't want. They could care less about everything else. They just don't want two more Democrats. And uh, that's crazy. We don't take voting rights away from the people of Utah because they just elect Republicans. You know, it's just crazy. But anyway, let's move right. on. I'm getting stuck here. Um, <laughs> so we've got a couple of big mountains to, to, to climb in, uh, in the United States Senate. Uh, we've got either a to get rid of the filibuster or more likely suspend it for a vote on on statehood, which we think is a reasonable thing to do, um, uh, or we need to find ourselves ten Republicans that support it, and those are two big big challenges. Uh, they are. What are you guys looking at in the future? Tell us about Rag Ride. Ah, yes. Well, and I, and I've mentioned that a couple times, and it occurs to me that. Anybody outside of Iowa, unless you're an avid bicycle rider, probably has no idea what I'm talking about. Um, so RAGBRAI is an annual event put on by the Des Moines Register, and it's the Register's annual bike ride across Iowa. Um, and basically, you have 30,000-plus bicyclists um, from all over the world who come here and they dip their back tire in the Missouri River on the west side of Iowa, and over seven days they ride all the way across the state of Iowa and ceremoniously dip their front tire in the race in the Mississippi River. Um, and in 2019, uh, we uh, did that event, and we had tremendous success. Uh, we had a booth in every overnight town that they stopped at um, across the state, and talk to people. We had uh, a team riding, talking to people. Um, we ended up getting signatures from folks living in 34 different states, and we got Democrats, Independents, Republicans, um, and people who didn't identify, they weren't just that political, but said, yeah, of course, if they're Americans, they should be represented. 
Um, and, and so we're doing that again. Uh, obviously, 2020, it was, it was canceled, unlike way too many things. Um, but it was certainly uh, the right thing to do for everybody's safety. Um, and this year, it looks like it's going to be on. And so we are going to be riding for representation, which is the name of our team, um, on Monday, July 26th. And we'll be riding from Sac City, Iowa to Fort Dodge, Iowa. And then on Tuesday, July 27th, we will have a booth and a bunch of signs along the route um, as people are riding by on their way to Iowa Falls from Fort Dodge. And we'll be talking to people, hopefully trying to get people to stop and, and visit with us and, and sign up as a supporter and hopefully get that information out to other states that are, are you know, trying to get things going and, and, you know, just connect and continue this momentum and movement uh, across the country. And, and this is just such a great event and opportunity to do it with because, as I said at the beginning, you get people from all over the world. We get people from uh, many different states, many different countries. Um, really interesting to hear the people from other countries when they can see the booth when they saw it in 2019 and, and you know, didn't have any idea why we don't do this and, you know, why we're not more upset about it. Um, that was interesting as well. Well, you know what? I've done a lot of international things. Uh, Paul and I belong to a, a thing called UNPO, which is the Unrepresented Nations and People's Organization. Uh, we spoke on this issue in Scotland. I've spoken at an international conference. I'm about to do it again, unfortunately, on Zoom, because uh, the last two times I've done it, it's been in the most beautiful little resort town in Portugal that you've ever seen. But unfortunately, we can't do it on purpose. So I've spoken about it in Portugal. And in 2019, I went to India to speak about it. And people just flabbergasted by it. Uh, I once uh, spoke to a group of uh college presidents that came to Washington. My brother is president of a college and uh, he came to Washington and, and he hooked me up with this gig to speak to a room full of college presidents. Uh, there were, I don't know, 50, 50, 60 college presidents in the room. Every person in the room had a doctoral degree except me. Everybody had a PhD <laughs> but me. And, 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 um, they didn't understand. I mean, they understood that we weren't represented, but I had to say se several times, I had to make the certain points several times. For example, uh, when I said, uh, yeah, we don't have control over our local tax money. They went, oh, oh, you mean the federal, the money the federal government gives you? And I went, no, our local tax money. And they said, oh, well, you don't mean like, like, like uh, income tax, I mean, like uh, sales tax and property tax and 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 local income tax. And I said, yeah, that's what I mean, sales tax. I mean, I had to say it several times before they could wrap their head around it. Uh, mm -hmm. So most people don't, if they understand, they have a superficial understanding of what's going on. They've seen our license plates that say. Uh, no taxation, or actually they say taxation without representation. They're about to say, they've just changed it this year, to no taxation without representation, which they backed off of at first. They didn't want to do that because that's not very polite. And, you know, that's half our damn problem. And that's the other reason the sign went up in my front yard is we are much too polite about this. 
you know, we need to get angry yep. and, 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 you know, and, and uh, I don't know what word I hate to use this word because it was used during the civil rights uh, movement to put black people down, but we need to get up in the, you know, we need to get up yep. in their face, but it's not just the Stockholm syndrome, which, which Tamara points out. It's also that we have to cohabitate with these people. Uh, you know, they they run our they are the ultimate arbitrators of everything in Washington, D.C. So a lot of us depend on them for different things. And we worry about, uh, um, you know, biting the hand that feeds us, I guess. Uh, doesn't feed us any better than it feeds anybody else. But they're right here. So that's a that's a problem for us. And just look, I got to tell you this, Tamara, I'm I'm. Planning to come out to Rag Ride. I want to be there because I want to support you guys. And uh, I would love to see people dip their tires in uh, both rivers. And I got to tell you, I campaigned for John Kerry in Bemidji, Minnesota. And it is where the Mississippi River starts. It's the absolute yeah. you know, beginning of the Mississippi. So they took me so that I could see where the Mississippi River started. And I don't know what I expected. I think I expected something like Niagara Falls. And it really looks like somebody's put a big garden hose under the under the ground. You know, it's not very, it's not a very big deal. And uh, uh, that surprised me. I'm like, what? Because I've, I've been in places on the Mississippi River that are pretty, pretty big. Um, so... Um, but I, I'm looking forward to that. We need to support um, efforts like this all over the country. And we're, there are other groups like Tamaras. Tamaras is Tamaras is so far the way most effective. But there's Californians for DC statehood. There's also Nevadans for DC statehood. So uh, yeah. we're starting to and, get this and, out there. Yeah, go ahead. And, and, and there's also now. I just talked with a young man um, in the last. A week or so, uh, Kyle out in Colorado, and gave him some some pointers and suggestions. And I'm already I'm already now being followed by uh, Coloradans for DC statehood on Twitter, um, and he's getting stuff out there and doing some tweets and and hopefully gaining some followers and and gaining supporters. And um, you know uh, that's just an incredible thing to see. And and also uh, talking to some folks on Clubhouse. Um, you know, there's uh, people interested in trying to get stuff going. Uh, Brian in Michigan and Vanessa, uh, I believe, in Oregon, Sandy in Tennessee. I hope I don't have those backwards. Um, and, you know, and others. And so, you know, the, the potential is there that this is we're, we're on the cusp of seeing this really explode across the country. And, and to, to make that happen, we have to keep the fire going. That's right. And you know what? Uh, that's great that you're doing that, Tamara, and, and, and you really have a, been a leader in this movement. Uh, and I want anybody that's out there listening that wants to start a chapter of whatever for D.C. statehood to reach out to us, either through BBS Radio on their platform. You can message me or you can message me at Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-D, as in David, dot Brown, B-R-O-W-N, at dc.gov. And we'll help you set up a chapter of, uh, you know, Louisiana for D.C. statehood or Utah for D.C. statehood 
or New Jersey, my home state for D.C. statehood. Uh, yeah, let's get these things going on all over the place. And, and um, you know, it, 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tamara. Yeah, and then we get that information up on the new website we've got up now, states for states for statehood dot info. So, um, you know, as these other uh, groups come on, uh, organizations, whatever, we get the information up there, and it's there for not only for us to collaborate with each other, um, but it's there to help connect people if they want to know if there is an organization in their state and they want to connect with that person. So, states for statehood dot info is is also a source to to reach out to to get something started or to find one that's that's going on in your area. And can people email you at that? Let's say that I want to start, uh, um, you know, uh, Virginians for D.C. statehood or Marylanders for D.C. statehood. Can I go on that website and contact you somehow and and leave my information? Yep, absolutely. Okay. So give it one more time so so people know what it is. and, you know, we'll it's, post it on BBS Radio, too. Go ahead. Good. It's uh, states, S-T-A-T-E-S, for F-O-R, statehood, S-T-A-T-E-H-O-O-D, dot info. Yeah, and, you know, go to that website. We'd love to see some people uh, sign up. And, uh, you know, we'll try to get what little resources we uh, have out to you and to help if we can. And, and uh, yeah, we'd love to see you do that. And that's the next thing I want to talk about. We don't put any money into this. We put, at the D.C. City Council, put $500 million into a streetcar line that nobody rides. Uh, they built this streetcar line in Northeast, and they don't even charge to ride on it because they can't get people to pay, to pay. It's 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 not a great uh, streetcar line. They thought it would be something cool, but really, uh, it's turned out to be uh, kind of a uh, kind of lame. Uh, the Washington Post sent out a reporter. The whole line only goes like two or three two miles, I think, and the reporter oh, wow. walked it. The reporter walked it. The two miles and less time than it took to take the the streetcar. And the streetcars, they're not the least bit charming, you know. They're not like the San Francisco cable cars or the New Orleans uh, streetcars. They look like buses with with on tracks. Uh, but anyway, uh, and they spent five hundred million dollars for for two miles. Um, uh, but last year they put less than five hundred thousand dollars into their effort for D.C. statehood. We've been on their back for a very, very long time uh, to do something about that. But still, to this day, they don't, uh, they really don't invest in it. Now, in Georgia, there was $800 million spent on the special election over two senators in Georgia. Well, there's two potential senators right here in the District of Columbia, and we don't even spend uh, 1% of that. So uh, we need to get on the stick and do something about that and spend some money, and that's another reason that we have to sign up. We're trying to light a fire under the people that run the district and um, see if we can't get them to uh, invest in this 
uh, so that we can do something so that we can promote groups like yours um, better than we do. Um, so um, let's talk about where we go from here. We have a bill that's now been accepted as of April 24th in the United States Senate. Uh, several things have happened. Tamara mentioned that um, President Biden was one of the people that they uh, talked to in Iowa. I talked to him as well when I was out there, and he supports D.C. statehood. And he has, in fact, uh, and this is maybe the first time it's ever been done in history, actually uh, written a proclamation, issued a proclamation from the, from the White House in support of D.C. statehood. Um, uh, we have, uh, a group called 51 for 51, who's been out, uh, and they put pressure on, uh, a senator to hold a hearing on DC statehood. Uh, and we, we're pretty sure that's going to happen, uh, probably sometime in July, to be honest with you, uh, the way it looks now. Uh, and then maybe a floor vote, but right now, we really need to put pressure on Republican senators to support this. And this is not going to be easy, especially with the mood. I mean, could there be any more of a partisan mood in America right now? If they're about to kick Liz Cheney out the door because yeah, she I, did. It's right? incredible right now. It's incredible. It's incredible. They're tearing the, their party apart. You know that that I saw Larry Hogan on uh, Meet the Press today. Larry Hogan, for you that may not know, is the governor of Maryland. He's a moderate Republican, really bright man. We love him here here in the the region. Uh, he did one of the most interesting political things I've ever seen a politician do. The fir- his first official act was to lower the toll on the Bay Bridge because he said it had already been paid for. We have two spans that, that go across the the uh, Chesapeake Bay and that, of course, they cost hundreds of millions of dollars to build. And uh, ever since I've been a kid, there's been a toll. I mean, we used to go to the beach and we used to have to scrape together the 50 cents to get over the the the, the Bay Bridge. And now it's like five or six dollars uh, each way, I think. But he cut it in half because he said the bridge had already been paid for. People loved it. They loved those sort of things, you know. Um, and and he's just a brilliant politician. And uh, we had Michael Steele on our show. He's a former uh, chairman of the Republican Party. And we asked him about Hogan. Uh, could Hogan, uh, you know, why, why don't moderate Republicans support Hogan to run for president? And Steele's response was, nobody will get the nomination except Trump. There's no way that moderate Republicans uh, can do anything because Trump has a solid grip on the Republican Party. I didn't actually believe it until now. I mean, I mean that that, you know, they boo Mitt Romney. They, you know, Lisa Murkowski, I don't know what she's doing, but all the moderate Republicans are taking shelter. So uh, I don't know what this means for the Republican Party in the future, but 
I don't think it's a good sign. And uh, so I don't know what the strategy is for other people in D.C. working on this. They may think that, you know, something's going to happen in 2022 to change the makeup of the Senate or 2024. Let's hope. But I say, you know, Uh, As one of my mentors used to say, pray for the dead and fight like hell for the living. So that's what we intend to do. We intend to fight like hell. Uh, And uh, go ahead. If, you know, and if we don't get it this year, that's okay. But that doesn't mean that we let up or stop fighting even a a little bit. Um, We keep going and we keep building because. Um, you know, and this has grown each year and gotten stronger over the last few years here uh, to an incredible level. And I, I think about what you were talking about with the Mississippi earlier. You know, it's it's not as impressive there where it starts, right. but you know, as you go down, as you go down the Mississippi, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and that's what's happening with the yeah. with the movement as well as with the understanding um, and uh, support across the country. You've seen in numerous polls even over the last few years. Um, that supports increasing. And so we, we may not be able to get it through the Senate this year, but we're not giving up this year either. And, uh, you know, we'll continue to, to, to keep pushing it, you know, every year uh, until it happens. So. Well, and, you know, that's a great analogy because it's pretty, pretty big by the time you get to New Orleans, you know, <laughs> the Mississippi River. So, so yeah, that's a great analogy. And, you know, I've learned a lot in the last few days by being on this listserv where I'm arguing. I'm not really arguing with people. I'm trying to I'm trying to be as polite as I can and educate people. But there are people that, that write to me, for example, uh, this is never going to happen. You're not going to get this done. So I say to them, oh, okay, well, then what do you want me to do? You just want me to sit on the back of the bus? I mean, uh, even if we can't get this done today, tomorrow, whenever, what are we supposed to do? Accept it? We really can't accept it, can we? Because it's a violation of every principle of our democracy. So uh, we got to fight no matter what. And and that's what I'm trying to do in Washington. While you're trying to spread the word, I'm trying to start a fight because I think that's really what has to happen. Because you're right. Uh, when people hear about this, they're on our side almost, almost every time. Even the Republicans on Capitol Hill don't ever say that we shouldn't have the same rights that everybody else has. They say... We should uh, have a constitutional amendment, which is a very hard, high bar. As you know, we've admitted 37 states to the union in the same time that we've only passed, uh, you know, less than 20, less than 20 amendments to the Constitution because the first 10 amendments to the Constitution were the Bill of Rights and they were actually passed immediately. They were like an, an addendum to the to the Constitution. And since then, we've, we've passed uh, uh, less than 20 uh, in the same time we've, we've admitted almost twice as many states. So that's one thing they say. And then they say retrocede. That's another thing that's not going to happen. Or they say you have to get rid of the 23rd Amendment. And, and I got to tell you what that sounds like to me, the red herrings. It sounds exactly like saying, you know what? 
you black folks can vote, but you need to take a literacy test. Or you can vote, but you need to pay a poll tax. Or you can vote, but you need to show me some ID. You know, it's it's a way to interfere with our path to uh, equality. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, and they 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 know that this is the yes, right thing. No, yes, a lot of the Republicans who are arguing against it, they know it's the right thing to do. Of course. Um, and and you know, but there is a power issue there, and they don't want to lose control because you know they have their own agendas that they want to uh, continue to to move forward and. And as a, as a political activist, I get that, but you can't sacrifice American rights for power. It's for political power. It's it's just not acceptable. And I want to mention too, you know, I I don't I, I don't want to come down on all Republicans because I know there are Republicans who absolutely support this. But I don't want to make that generalization and. And I don't take for granted that just because somebody's a Republican, they don't support it. Uh, we went to the uh, Polk County Republican Convention here in Iowa in 2020. We were allowed to have a table there. They they let us come. And I ended up getting a dozen signatures, including uh, two elected officials who signed our petition. Um, now, unfortunately, with the climate the way it is here this year and things that have happened uh, earlier this year, one of those elected officials uh, I talked to on the phone said, you know what? I, I believe you're doing this for the right reasons, and, and, and I, I haven't changed my mind in thinking that, you know, this is right. But, you know, because Pelosi and Schumer are making this all about a power grab, i got to step away from my support. Well, you know, I mean, first of all, I, I, I hope there are Republicans out there that do support this. And I should point out that the Republican Party, I know there are for for a fact, the Republican Party of the District of Columbia supports it. But I also got to, uh, you know, add a disc- another disclaimer to what you just said, Tamara. The people of Iowa are, are, are different. You know, they believe they believe deeply in the whole democratic process in a way that I've never seen before. When I went to a caucus, my first caucus, they said to me, you know, they explained to me how the caucuses worked. And I said, well, what if there's a tie? And they said, well, if there's a tie, you know, there's this process where we try to persuade people back and forth. But if it absolutely ends in a tie, we 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 cut a deck of cards or we, you know, uh, you know, draw a straw or whatever. And I say, what? And they said, we cut mm-hmm. a deck of cards. And I'm like, you cut a deck of cards? And the woman said to me, yeah, you know, we feel like it's either way is okay because, because you know, the process has played out and, and, and we haven't come to termination. And I said, oh, my God, that would never happen in Washington, D.C. If there was a no, tie, <laughs> there would be 10 lawyers on each side immediately, uh, you know, and we'd be taken in the federal court. We'd be fighting out on the front lawn. We'd be, you know, so the people of Iowa are just, you know, uh, I can't say enough good things about them, both Republicans and Democrats. And, and look, this should not be a partisan issue. You're absolutely no, right about it. It should not be a partisan issue. This is so basic to our democracy. And I agree with you 100%. You know, you say as an activist, you understand. I understand, too. I mean, I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, holier than thou about this. I bet if uh, Donald Trump 
got 96% of the vote in the District of Columbia, the way Joe Biden did, that there'd be plenty of Democrats against uh, giving us equal rights. You know, it's, 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 uh, so I understand it too. But, you know, nobody said democracy was easy. You know, even the founding fathers understood it wasn't, it wasn't the easiest form of government. Uh, and, and it's tough. You know, I've been out there uh, campaigning for many, many years. I've, I've run many campaigns. I've been elected three times. And it's hard to answer the tough question. You know, you know, when a gun rights person comes up to you and says, how do you feel about the Second Amendment? And, and, and you really feel that, like, there should be some laws, uh, you know, around gun ownership. And you say that, you know you're going to lose that person's vote. And it's not easy to say that. But you've got to say it. You've got to speak truth to power. You've got to say, yeah, I believe that, you know, people should have background checks or people should, you know, have permits or whatever your opinion on the subject is. Uh, and, and, and it's not easy, but you've got to do it. You know, like I say, we're not. Yeah, go ahead. Your your co-host, Maria Sanchez. Again, I also want to wish her a happy Mother's Day and and hope she's having a great day. Um, But uh, she said something the first time I was on your show that that stuck with me quite a bit. And it was um, when I asked her about being a Republican and supporting D.C. statehood, um, she said she was able to put being an American before being a Republican. Um, and I think that's something that we all need to do a better job of, and not just Republicans, but also Democrats, also independents, um, all of us as a country, in order to, to, at some point, hopefully get past the divisiveness, the anger, um, the things that are going on now, and, and find our way back to all being Americans first. Well, you know, and that's really, uh, Tamara, you get to the core of what this show has become you know it started as a way to talk about dc statehood we knew right off the bat we were going to have to deal with many other subjects uh because you couldn't just have a show about one single subject uh but then when maria came along uh, i found maria she was a guest on our show and i invited her to do some co-hosting with me and and she decided to do it all the time but when when she came along the idea struck us that hey here's a woman who's a republican from the west coast and i'm a guy who's a democrat from the east coast let's see if we can find things that we agree on that would help bring america together and we certainly have found that marie and i agree especially on the basic stuff we agree much more uh, then we disagree. And I think that's an approach that we have to follow. You know, we have to bring that out in people because there are things that speak to our, our common humanity as Americans that we all agree on, right? I don't care if you're a right-wing Republican or a left-wing Democrat. I think it's pretty pretty safe to say that the vast majority of people love this country love the opportunities that it provides, love many things about it. We all love our children. We all want to see our children do better than we did. We, we all have a sense of the American dream. And we really have to uh, plug into those things and, and, and bring us together on the issues that we care about and that we agree upon 
And this ought to be one of them. This is as basic as it gets. So uh, this ought to be one of them. Look, we're running out of time here. So tell me some other things that, 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 that you want to say that we haven't said. Well, I, you know, if there's anybody listening who, who has, you know, just even a spark of passion to this issue, you know, please reach out, um, you know, and let us know. We'd love to, to work with you and help you make sure you're getting something going where you're at. Um, and, again, you can go to statesforstatehood.info, reach out that way. You can also contact me directly. Um, my first name, Tamara, T-A-M-Y-R-A, at iowansfordcstatehood.com. Um, and, you know, we can visit our website also at iowansfordcstatehood.com. Uh, you know, let us hear from you. Reach out. Or if you just have questions or, you know, want to know what you can do, you don't, you don't have to suddenly go out and, you know, start up a 501c3 in your area. You can... Uh, sit down and write some postcards to some of your elected officials, to your, your senators, your congresspeople. Uh, make a couple of phone calls. Let them know, hey, I, I support this, and I'd, I'd like you to as well. Um, or if they are supporting it, call them up and thank them and let them know that, yes, there are people there uh, in their state that are supporting it with them and, and uh, agree with what they're doing. And, um, you know, there's there's lots of little things you can do, too. It doesn't have to necessarily be a big thing, but... Um, reach out, uh, stand up, help, let's help the people of D.C. finally, finally, truly join the country and rejoin our democracy. You know, I couldn't have said it better myself. And, and you may have noticed when Tamara gave you her email address, she em- emphasized that her name is T-A-M-Y-R-A, because I was spelling it <laughs> A-R-A. And, and, you know, I have a friend that says this is the difference between men and women. He said, when a man, when a woman goes to the doctors and she gets off on the third floor and she can't find the doctor's office, she thinks to herself, I must have gotten off on the wrong floor. When a man does the same thing, he says to him, he thinks to himself, damn, the guy must have moved. Uh, and, and that's exactly <laughs> what I thought. I thought, I called her up and was like, what is it? Change your email address? No, dummy, you spell my name wrong. <laughs> so make sure you put the Y in there. Tamara Harrison, thank you so much for all you do for us. Thank you for being here today. Uh, I expect that we will have you on the show again uh, and again and again, probably. I hope to see you at Rag Ride and uh, uh, ha- uh, have a happy holiday and uh all the best to the people of Iowa. And we're going to leave you with a song, which we always do in honor of our guests. So here's Nina Simone with a classic, I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. Tamara Harrison, thank you. Uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Uh, we'll see you next Thanks. week, folks. <laughs>